0: Welcome to The Single Parent Preacher. My name is Alex. Today we're going to talk about something that is never fun to talk about, but you have to. We're going to talk about pride. And we hear about pride all the time. It feels like almost every Bible message we ever hear has some sort of theme of pride. And I think there's reason for that. God hates pride. And it's one of those things that we all struggle with. We all can feel like we are more than we really are. Or there's even this thing called false pride, where you know that you're good at something, but you always say that you're not. So other people see that you're good, but you're like, oh, I'm so not good at this thing. And they go, no, 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 you're great, you're great, you're great. It's to puff us up. We try to look humble, but we're not. Because we really know. It's almost worse. I think we've all had situations in our lives where we've met people, been around people, who think the world of themselves, and they can't stop talking. About themselves and how great they are. Nobody likes those people. You don't want to be that person. But on the flip side, we've also been around those people who constantly say how bad they are, how they can't do it, how they're not good enough for anything. And that plays on our sympathy because we want to be encouraging. We want to build people up, so when we see somebody who's constantly down, like no no no, you're you're good at this and you're good at this, and you're good at this, but then what happens? Sometimes you find somebody who's like that, and they're genuinely depressed, down, they don't believe in themselves, and they need that encouragement to pick them up and push them to do something new and grow and sometimes there's somebody who, no matter what you say no matter how often you say it, their attitude never seems to change. And the way you can tell the difference between, I should say a way you can tell the difference between the people who really need the help and the people who are just fishing to feed the ego they won't talk about, is what do they do? We all go through phases when we're down. Even the person who's got the, quiet ego does that too but we all go through these times but what you do matters now because if you're going through that time and people try to encourage you you don't have to immediately pep up and everything okay that would be unstable nobody kind of gets over things like that if you've ever seen a child having a tantrum it doesn't matter if you could prove every reason in the world why that candy bar is not the end of the universe that they're not getting it that tantrum continues it takes time when we're adults it's the same it just usually takes us longer but if somebody is really going through a dark time you can comfort and encourage and eventually you you start to see the growth right you start to see them kind of come out of it they start trying new things. And it might not be this weekend, it might not be this month, and it might not be this year, but you see progression. You see things change and can start to happen. But somebody who's just fishing, somebody who knows that they're good but just won't say it, won't admit it to themselves and then act that way, that false humility, that sort of secret pride. I know earlier I called it false pride. That won't change. It just won't. And another sign about the difference between the pride and the need is pride can't be quiet. Have you ever heard an arrogant person stop talking? Have you ever heard one of those emotionally needy people stop talking? Now, some people are just... Talkative. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about they draw specific attention to themselves. Either I'm so great or I'm so awful. All the time. And somehow every conversation comes back to how great they are or how bad they are. And it's frustrating. And we all do it sometimes. So let's not pretend like any of us are better at this than other people. And we're going to actually talk about that exact problem in a few minutes. But as I've been talking about this, I'm sure that you have thought of examples of people in your life, either currently or in the past, that have done this thing to you. They have been like this around you. And if you can't think of a live person in your life, first, maybe that person's you. And if so, keep listening. And if not, you can think of some TV character, movie character, somebody who exhibits this behavior. And like, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about, and these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. I feel like if you were to make like the negative version of that, it would be like, and these three remain, idolatry, fear, and pride, and the greatest of these is pride. Like the mirror negative version I think pride is the biggest one because the Bible talks about it a lot. Proverbs talks about it a lot. I pulled just a few verses for this message, but there's a lot of options. So we're going to read through some Proverbs real quick. Proverbs 11.2 When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. Proverbs 13.10 by insolence comes nothing but strife, but with those who take advice, is wisdom. Another version uses the word pride there, where it says insolence. This is the English Standard Version. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. You've ever heard the idiom pride comes before a fall? That's a Bible verse. That's not just something somebody came up that's a Bible verse. Proverbs twenty-one four, haughty eyes and a proud heart, the lamp of the wicked, are sin. Pride is sin. It's that simple, and we have to get past it. But what causes pride? I mean, you could say it's the human condition, but okay, we know that. Let's get a little bit more into it. What causes Pride, this destructive sin, it comes out of needs that we have, I think. You know, We all need people to appreciate us, to talk to us, help us, encourage us. We are social creations. We need to be built up. The Bible calls us the body of Christ. We're all supposed to work together and build each other up and help each other out but we can feel inadequate and if we feel inadequate long enough we start to just need the validation we can be blind to how good we are to how god has blessed us we can be blind to that and then need constant reassurance because we're not willing to see what god's put in us and at the same time we could recognize what God has put in us. What our abilities are. And see ourselves as great. And everyone must acknowledge. We want to make ourselves an idol. We talked Just in the last episode. About how Paul talked about he was given a thorn in the flesh. So he wouldn't be conceited. Something to keep him humble. And I think one of the biggest places this comes from. Is how we compare ourselves to other people. Because we have certain skills. We have certain experiences that have caused us to be good or bad at certain things. And maybe we're better at something than somebody else. Happens. Happens all the time. There's nothing wrong with that. It's what you do with that information that matters. Because if your attitude, when you are better at something than somebody else, Is to say, I'm better than you. I'm not going to help you. I'm just going to do everything. And everyone is going to give me the glory and give me all the credit. You've crossed the line. On the flip side, if you're worse than somebody. And you say, I'm worse than them. I'll never be that good. And you might be really good. But just because you're not as good as this other person. You think you're no good at all. I think back years ago to when Tiger Woods was the top of golf. And Phil Mickelson was like always second place. Eventually, Phil got his. But he could have easily gone, well, I'm not as good as Tiger. I'll never be as good as Tiger. I'm not good at this. He was the second best player in the world. And that's a ranking that is a comparison. And he could have looked at that and said, well, I'm just not good enough. And he didn't. Now, that's a big extreme example. But we do that with ourselves all the time. We see somebody else do something that we want to do and see them do it better than us. And since they're doing it better than us, we get insecure. And we go, we'll never be that good, so I'm not going to try you could be great. You could be great right now, but just because you're not that person is not good enough for you. That's pride, too. The Bible talks about that. Galatians 6. We'll start at verse 1 for context. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. Paul's talking about if somebody is caught, if somebody is sinning or is struggling with something, that we need to help. But be mindful of where you are, of who you are, because you could look around the world and see problems everywhere. It's easy. And you could get frustrated and burdened and genuinely be held back from doing things that God wants you to do because you're like, well, I can't take care of this problem. I can't help with this. Maybe that's not the problem God wants you to be on. But you feel like you should be dealing with that. That's pride too. Because if God says, say, I want you over here. And you say, but I should be over here. Well, who's right? Spoiler alert, not you. So we have to look at where we're at. What we're doing. And say, is this something that I can handle? Am I, God, am I, am I in a place to handle this? And verse four, but let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. So that when you talk about the things that have happened and you get credit, it's for what you did. You're not taking credit for somebody else. You're taking credit for what you've done. That matters because pride lifts itself up above other people. This isn't talking about doing that. This is saying, be where you are. Don't go to where you think you should be. Be where you are. Jesus talks about this. This is the last set of verses as I start to wrap up. Luke chapter 14. Jesus went to eat at a Pharisee's house and he heals a man and Jesus asks them if it's lawful to heal somebody on the Sabbath. They didn't say anything. Then he asks if somebody falls down, a child or an ox falls down on the Sabbath, don't you still help them out of the well? Because you're not supposed to work. You're not supposed to do anything that qualifies as work on the Sabbath. They didn't say anything there either. So that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. It's not about where you think you belong in the hierarchy. Because we can be wrong. We have pride. So we can think we deserve to be up somewhere higher. But it's not our party. It's not our job. It's not our place. You could go to work and be like, oh, I should have this promotion. Oh, people should talk to me about this because I know about this. And they don't, and we can get hurt by that. You can say, well, why don't they value me? Me, me, me. What about me? I should be in this place. Well, somebody else clearly thinks you shouldn't there could be a lot of reasons for that. But if your attitude is always trying to bring attention to you, it doesn't really go well. Now, I'm not saying let other people take credit for your work. I'm not saying get walked over. But you shouldn't be walking around with the flare gun saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's not. It's not good. It's not healthy. It's not right. You have to humble yourself. Because even the world acknowledges humility. The world does not really like people who are so arrogant that you can't deal with them. that You can't work with them. This is one of those things that is so ingrained in us as creations of God that Even if you don't have faith, you can find people who don't like arrogant people. That's how inherent this is to who we are as humans. And we need to acknowledge that. We need to acknowledge that and realize where our pride is and bring it to God and say, God, I can't be this way anymore. You may have heard this phrase before. You can either be humble or get humbled. And I can tell you that getting humbled, not fun. Being humble, it's not really fun either, but it sure hurts less because you're able to accept things that happen. See, pride doesn't accept anything, pride just hits a wall. And something happens and it hits that wall of pride, and you just can't do anything. You can't get past it. New things happen, you can't do anything about it. But when you're humble, Things can happen and they don't destroy your world. You won't be happy. You'll still have struggles and problems. Sure, absolutely. But you don't want to be crushed. And you won't be if you're humble. Pride will tell you that if you let this happen, if you accept this, then you're just going to get crushed and walked over. And you can't let that happen. So you better back up and defend yourself. Pride is both defensive and it's easily offended. Humility isn't. Pride is loud. Humility is quiet. Humility doesn't have to make a show. Pride is the show. So take some time. Pray. Listen. Find where those places are and say, God, I can't carry this anymore. I can't be this way anymore. Because it doesn't just hurt you. It hurts the people around you. And when you open the door, when you tear down that wall of pride, you can see the pain that the people around you are in that you caused. Because they kept running into that wall and you kept hitting them back. You got snipers posted every 20 feet just shooting. But we have to do it. To follow Christ, we have to do this. This is not an optional thing. So take some time, pray, find these places and start to break down these walls so that you can be whole again. You can be whole and you can be healed and you will be amazed at how different the world looks when you can actually see outside yourself. Let's pray. God, we thank you that we are never to lost for you we thank you that you give us the tools to break down these walls that you even have the tools to break down these walls we pray that we would allow ourselves to be humble enough to become new creations in you to see the world outside of our own internal walls, but see the world the way you do. Help us. Give us the strength that we need to be humble. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can find me on Twitter at SPPreacherPod. You can email me at thesingleparentpreacher at gmail.com Thank you for your time as always. I appreciate it so much. And until next time, remember, it's not about where you are. It's about where God wants you to be.